It's the 919 Vice Podcast. Joe Ovias. <laughs> Adam Eschbaugh. Did you hear that? Wayne Holt. Kraken of the beers. Uh, we're, we're all back. I did the, did the show solo last week with Riley. By the way, uh, that was, it was a fascinating it was conversation. Really, with, with it Riley. was a really good conversation. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed that. And uh, I, I'm a big believer in what Riley's trying to do with, uh, with Groove Wagon. So we're going to talk to Carolina Brewery today uh, out of Chapel Hill. That'll be a fun conversation. We've never had Carolina Brewery on the podcast, but I'm very familiar with their brew pub out in Chapel Hill. They, they got a location in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, and they went through a rebrand during covid and really, really excited to to talk to them about what's been going on and, and how things have evolved in Chapel Hill and just generally in the brew scene. Um, but in the meantime, shout out to Breeze Through. Locations throughout the Triangle, throughout North Carolina. It is prime summer concert series at Walnut Creek. There's a Breeze Through on your way out to Walnut Creek. I was actually at Walnut Creek last night to go see Matchbox 20. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Did you have the uh, $500 tickets like one of my buddies was trying to sell? Five, excuse me, $500? He had two tickets he paid $849 for. To go see Matchbox 20? He did. And ended up posting late yesterday afternoon that mm. something came up and he couldn't go. Uh, no. And he was trying to get 300 bucks for the two. No. But he was like on row two center. Really? Was he, was he trying to push those tickets on someone? I guess. Look, he's not crazy. He's just a little unwell. He was. No, he's a good dude. My boy Galuli, you know, he Steve. probably didn't start selling them until about three a.m. Hey man, it's <laughs> wow. mad season. It's mad season. <laughs> you guys anyway, are gone. I hate myself. But here's so the much. thing. But here's the thing about that. Here's the thing. I was like, so our friends Ian and Erica had invited us out because they they had the season lawn passes, which actually is a pretty good deal. Oh yeah, of considered. course. Uh, I think if it's like two hundred bucks a ticket, and you just go to what? I think there's only one show that they don't go to, and it's the Kids Bop show. That's like the only one that's not in the. Package. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So anyway, they ended up having uh, the lawn passes available for us, so we ended up going. And I'm thinking, hey, it's Matchbox 20. And I realized, damn, I know a lot of their freaking songs. Of course, yeah. You don't I mean, know they, that you know them until they start singing them. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I mean, those guys had radio hits on yeah, yeah, hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was shocked at the amount of people that were there, and young people, too. But this is, again, one of those uh, 90s nostalgia things. Young, Joe, you're young to me. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm 44, though. I'm not that young. <laughs> but anyway, Breeze Through is out there. So if you want to tailgate, uh, pick up some stuff on the, on the way to a show at Walnut Creek, Breeze Through is there for you. Uh, and hydrate, because I saw a lot of people at that show walking in who did not hydrate. Oh, wow. They did not. They looked like me at graffiti on a Saturday <laughs> night. They chose They chose poorly. poorly. Hey, speaking of Saturday night, graffiti, I mean, Adam had an excuse because he was on an extended vacation with yeah. family, but we had a vinyl night, Joe. Yeah, oh, I you know. It's funny. I, I noticed you posted some photos. Uh, I know our friend LK. Had LK was here. She Angel. was here. Angel Don't worry, was here. we got another one coming up the end of the month. Okay, well, now that I know, I'll, I'll try to show up and I'll stay away from those Saturday, old Saturday, July 29th, I'm actually kind of sad that nobody responded to my comment on the graffiti Instagram when I said, I'll pass. You posted a photo of the old fashions. I just went, I'll pass. I didn't, I didn't see you that. You didn't see that I'm comment? sorry, no. Uh, my, that was Saturday, so. You didn't see that comment? I was very no. proud of that comment. <laughs> Traveling. <laughs> I wasn't as attentive as I All right, so you're traveling. Let's, so before we, before we move on uh, and talk to Carolina Brewery, you brought Lucky Streak beer. I've seen Iron City. I don't want to try. I don't want to try the Iron City. Oh, you will. We will. We'll compare it to the Ultra Right beer. Yes, our Alt Right beer or alt, whatever it is. <laughs> Crazy twenty dollars. Suddenly, I find myself drinking it and then deciding, you know, I really got to hear both sides. Um, Good people on both sides of the beer. Jeez. <laughs> um, Lucky Streak beer. This is speaking of Anheuser Busch. 
because uh, that's how we got that yeah. that conservative dad deer. So beer. I was in. So PA. this is an AB product. Yeah, apparently I was in what southwestern I'm just Pennsylvania. Drink this out of the can. I hope you don't mind. I already poured it in your oh, glass. Okay, my bad. I was in southwestern Pennsylvania. My parents have a cabin um, there for the summers, and it is on the Yak Lake. Dude, it's pretty good, dude. It's super cheap, and <laughs> yes. it's you drink this cold. It is perfect fishing. It's got to be cold. It is perfect fishing. It's got to be cold. I and it's a beautiful can. Mm-hmm. Like it's like retro. Is looking. it faux retro? I like. Is that's this like what a, I'm wondering. I'm wondering right. if it's something else that they. We need to dig into this because we like, need Coors, to find this. Coors out. did this. Coors, Coors did this a while back, um, where they brought back a recipe from the Prohibition. Oh, I era. remember that. I remember um, when they did that. Okay. Lucky Streak Beer. I'm looking no, this up now. It, it, but Budweiser did that. It wasn't Coors. It was... It was no, it was Budweiser but. did the same thing, too. But, yeah. So Lucky Streak is one of the newest beer offerings from Anheuser-Busch. It was announced in 2018. Finally made its way to stores. Uh, coming with a at 4.2%. It's similar to most light beers, but still full in flavor. So this is actually a new beer. It's a new beer, but it's a great-looking can. It, it really Retro is. Retro can. It really is. Uh, what do you think the untapped rating is right now? Oh, I'm sure it's like two stars. 2.7. I gave it five. Right you know now. I gave it five. I know you gave it five. Yeah, if Lucky Streak were like a real old beer, there would have there would be a Wikipedia entry for this. Yeah. But there's no wiki for it. I just I found find. it because you you and I have This, this is brilliant thing. marketing, by the way. It's great marketing. You and I have this thing where when we go to different places now, instead of trying to find the craziest craft, which we still like I told you earlier, like I was oh. able to get some fat heads, Dude, which I we love. Went- I was able to get some alpine. Um, when I was in Berlin, Maryland, anymore. We, we know I went to uh, what was it, Burley Oak? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I get it. You're going to try great, some good craft beer, but it's fun but. finding yes. the cheap crap beer that you can't get here. Totally on board with you on that. I got some Natty Bowells in Maryland. Nice. And it's not even made there anymore, but that's another. Well, story. it hasn't been made there, but it's not made in North Carolina anymore, which is why we can't get it in North gotcha. Carolina anymore. Gotcha. Gotcha. They and right. listen to this BS. Went to the O's game. O's. Couldn't get Natty Bow to the O's game. Excuse me? I haven't been to an O's game since we moved here. So I haven't been to an O's game since 05. Okay. Um, so How are you going to have an Orioles game and not have Natty Bow? Right. That's brutal, man. Right. It, it's brutal. come and gone several yeah. times. Um, and, and if there's somebody listening that says you can, uh, tell me where. Yeah. Because at all of the stands... All the beer stands and stuff. It was not. There was a little bit of Flying Dog. Hey, hey, hey guess what? Also, not made in Maryland anymore. Shout out to Saranac. Jeez. Um, and they didn't. They didn't even have heavy seas. They had. They had some Flying Dog, and they had uh, another one. They had like this Eddie Murray IPA. Oh, okay. I, got I forgot who it was made by. Gotcha. And it was likely going to be All a right. hazy beer, so I didn't get it. I, I stuck I'm, with I'm, the. Look, some, I'm, some butt heavies I'm into for the this. game. I'm into this. If uh, but this lucky streak, if you ever see it, uh, I think it was it. seven bucks for a twelve pack. That's yup. Hey man, that's the right that's price. No point. Bra- it was cheaper than Iron City. It was a dollar cheaper than Iron City. That tells you where it is. I wasn't it. impressed with it. So you were you weren't impressed. With <laughs> it? No, I just tried a little bit. I'm like. No nah, man. Yeah, and uh, it's this is you're well, having a lot. I'm of gonna these. have to pull a Whitney on that one. Yeah, no, you're pull, you, you're drinking a lot of these. That's, that's all I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. drink. It was four point two percent. I mean, uh, it's a light. It's a light beer. 
Speaking of which, how much for fishing? How much do you think I spent on two tall boys at the concert? The Matchbox uh, Twenty concert. Were, uh, one was a Kona. Yeah, I was gonna say thirteen to fourteen apiece. So one was a Kona. Tall boys is in sixteen. Twenty-five or ounces 20? for the for the for the Kona brewing. It was the their IPA, whatever the longboard. That's, that's twelve dollar beer right there. And then uh, the other one was um, oh geez, it was a hazy beer. What? That's well, that was for Kelly. Um, and it was, oh, geez. It's an, it was like, a, it's, a, it's a name brand brew. But now the name of the brewery pernicious. is escaping me. No, not, not pernicious. Anyway, with the, uh, with the with the please tip us uh, equation, which now when is they, everywhere. When they flip that around on oh, your Dude, I love that. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, it was 36 bucks. It was what? $36. So $14.14 and, yeah. Yeah. $6, yeah. $8 tip tax. Pretty brutal. Um, Woo. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I should look into whether or not that's legal. Maybe I should ask Whitaker and Hamer, see if they can look into that sort of thing. Uh, if you have any sort of legal issues, legal needs, starting a business, running a business, contracts, you're buying a house, Whitaker and Hamer, they got locations throughout the Triangle. They sponsored 919 Vice. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. Joining us on the 919 Vice podcast, we're going back to beer, folks. We are going back to beer after... Uh, goofing around with beer and beer and beer and but uh, after a couple of weeks of delta eight seltzers and learning about dry weight and north carolina laws and various other things it's time to go back to the stuff that we know the classics we got beer we got carolina brewery robert the ceo the founder of carolina brewers hanging out and i was realizing this before we started recording robert again thanks for coming out we have this is the first time we've talked to you yes in all I these think, years yes <laughs> That's is it because is it I'm a state guy? Is that what it is? It could be. And a Maryland guy? <laughs> could be. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it Don't is. Don't forget to fighting camels over here. Oh, that's boy. right. You can't, you can't forget about that. <laughs> who, who can forget? Who can stone forget? Best. Camel Best stone terrapins. So what I've, what I've always enjoyed about Carolina Brewery is that it is what I associate what brewing used to be. Uh, you guys are a brew pub, for lack of a better term. It was good food. Beer to go with said food, and you've been doing this since the mid nineties. I didn't. Re- it's funny. I didn't realize this that uh, when Kelly and I uh, first started going to Carolina Brewery her freshman year at UNC, you guys had only been open for like two years. Right. At that February 9th, nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. So how much is how much of what you've tried to do has changed in these nearly thirty years? You know, a, a, a lot, you know, I think, but I think it's coming back to okay. where it started. So I want to touch on that a little bit too. So we started in 1995, we we're the fifth brewery in North Carolina, and mm-hmm. there are over 430 some odd breweries now in North Carolina. And um, at the time we started, there was a lot of beer education to be had. Mm-hmm. So we stocked other um, really good beer styles, um, some English beers and things that represented good styles just to augment, but a lot of education. We've never served domestic beers at Carolina Brewery. Mm-hmm. We put a stake in the ground early. We're proud of the beers that we serve, but that was an uphill battle in the early days. You know, I want something light. Well, if you want something <laughs> light, it's Franklin Street Lager and it's 4.8% and give it a try. And right. 99 out of 100, they, they liked it and drank it. Okay. So there's a big education piece in the early days. You know, when I started Carolina Brewery, I, my quick story is I went to Chapel Hill, fourth generation Tar Heel, mm-hmm. um, grew up on the Outer Banks and had family in Tarboro down east, so I know down east and Outer Banks, and was an avid surfer, so uh, got pulled to California one summer to uh, chase waves and knock out some summer school at UCSD, and kind of saw in, in California in 93 what I saw in Europe in 92, which is good craft beer. Real quick, I'm surprised you left San Diego. 
<laughs> a lot of people go to San Diego. They're like, hey, the weather they ain't coming back. Oh, San Diego's awesome. Right. So uh, I'd been in Europe the summer before studying abroad and was able to travel around Europe and got enamored with the local beers every place you stopped. Mm-hmm. There were awesome beers. They were different flavors mm-hmm. than I was used to. And the pride and, and camaraderie around the, the beer, that culture was awesome. Mm-hmm. Got to California, saw it in uh, San Diego, Carl Strauss, uh, La Jolla Brewing Company. Pete's Wicked Ale was pretty big at the time, you know, and uh, came back senior year at Chapel Hill and was enamored and uh, went and visited 100 breweries throughout the country. Yeah. It's 93, 94. Yeah. Which was Colorado and Boston and D.C. and wherever I could find them and kind of made this image for Carolina Brewery. So at the time when we started, our vision has always been really good food, really good beer, cheers-like environment, mm-hmm. give back to the community. Yeah. Those were kind of our pillars and very comfortable and approachable. And, uh, you know, they were high-end breweries at the time. There was uh, Dock Street in Philadelphia, which is esoteric food and good beers, but they, they missed on the food. And other people were, were missing uh, on the low end on the food. And mm-hmm. other people were doing crazy beers at the time, which we weren't ready for crazy beers in North Carolina in the mid-90s. So, well, and we were so limited. Yes. Yeah, there's right. only so much you can do. Right. right. Yeah. the cap changed everything. Six, 6% was the, right. was the cap, right? Right. So, uh Kind of, we got going, and uh, it was that cheers-type environment, and people okay. really embraced us in Chapel Hill, and uh, I think we're... You so know. What, makes, what makes Chapel Hill and Franklin Street unique in this regard? Because when, you, when you're opening up uh, a brewery, and you are opening up uh, better beer than what you expect with domestics, there's price that comes with that, too. And typically, when you're dealing with a college campus, you're dealing with college kids, right. and college kids don't have the income to have that kind they they need a 24 pack that's not going to break the budget right, right. but about chapel hill this kid's got money Joe. well, well that's what this <laughs> is on, this bro. is what i'm curious just heard all about robert's world adventures right? <laughs> right. And this, is, this is this is what i was getting at with the uniqueness of that town because it's not just the university there's a town the town is the university but the vice versa so how did you kind of find that niche to play with the fact that it's a college town and there are college bars that serve that purpose, but there's also what you're trying to do. And I don't think I've ever been to Carolina Brewery without it being packed. Right. You know, so how do you, how, how have you kind of found that niche? So good question. So we, we set out, our vision was not to cater to the college kids. Never yeah. have, never, never. I was a fraternity guy at Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived the quintessential college experience. Mm-hmm. When I walked across the street from campus and opened the biz- business, it was a different deal. Yeah, you were a date night for us. For me and Kelly, it was like, yeah. like oh, we, we're going a little, little, little fancier. We'd end up at your so, place. So, you know, back in, the, you know, this is 93, 94, Wellspring Grocery, which became Whole Foods, yep. was doing very well. And uh, the Cat's Cradle was in town, iconic. And all the arts and culture and foodies in Chapel Hill were already, Crook's Corner was there. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot R. of R. that, was, that culture of uh, what worked with craft beer was there. So I knew that was going to work in Chapel Hill. But we wanted to be on West Franklin Street. So we actually turned down the space for Top of the Hill. Could have gone there. Really? Turned it down. Okay. Could have gone where the Cat's Cradle was, uh, right in the middle of Franklin Street there. Mm-hmm. Turned that down. Wanted to go west and ended up in a nice rustic building that was a um, Mass General store before us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we came in, and what I liked about it, it was uh, brick walls, wood floors, comfortable, cozy. Reminded me a lot of the Walnut Brewery in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. And so that was one of my um, breweries I kind of you know took some ideas from. I like that comfortable Colorado vibe feel, and I thought it worked in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go glass windows and fancy tables and what it, it, it approachable yeah so okay. and you sense. guys i'm trying to remember it's been a long time 
since I've been in Chapel Hill for like lunch meetings and stuff. But you have that like loft upstairs. Area. So upstairs, we did right? uh, we did a renovation right before COVID and renovated the entire space and mm-hmm. did garage door roll ups. So in the front window we got garage door roll ups, indoor outdoor feel, and then we've got the upstairs kind of New Orleans style balcony, uh, which is great. And then we've been lobbying the town. Uh, we were able to get sidewalk dining extended during COVID and have kept that. Oh, nice. And it's dog friendly. So it's a very nice vibe from the street in okay. and out of the, of the brew pub. Now, I'm sitting here talking about what y'all were like. Uh, this is what you all are now. You mentioned COVID and you've completely rebranded right. in terms of what you're going for. And I, and I can kind of get the sense from where you're from, where you've spent time where that leans in with what you're trying to do with this uh, with this new branding. It's very coastal to me. Yeah, it d- definitely is. So we did a rebrand during COVID and wanted to kind of simplify and clean up our graphics. I think a lot of breweries choose to be very artsy and colorful in their graphics, and that's that works for them. Uh, for us, uh, the vision is clean, crisp. That's kind of like our, our we're known for our beers are very clean and crisp. Yeah. Um, coastal is very important to me with my background mm-hmm. and growing up. It's very important in North Carolina. We're focused on distribution right now, only in North and South Carolina. The North Carolina Coastal Federation are, is our charity of choice. We're actively involved with them. Um, so it is a very much a coastal thing, but also a lifestyle brand. We, If you're in the Carolinas and you're out doing something fun, mm-hmm. we want you to think about putting one of our beers in your cooler. Okay. You're, but when you say Carolina, we're not talking Tar Heels. No, nah, North and South Carolina. Okay. So we sell beer in Charleston and Hilton Head and Myrtle Beach and Wilmington. And okay. So... But you have that association. Like you'll we do, the we do and we, in Carolina, that kind of stuff. We, right? we do, and, but I don't like to overplay. You know, when we go sell beer, if that's a card they want to hear or, or play, we'll, we'll play it. Play it. Yeah. But when I'm in Greenville, North Carolina, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not pushing. But that's, more, that's more because we're right here, though, Joe. I think we, we tied to Carolina because of Franklin Street and knowing that it's there. Most people just understand the beer. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I get, and I get it. Yeah, it, to your point, Wayne, I'm so closely tied to it um, right. that – and I know, you know, I know that you, I know that you all have, uh, you know, put yourself in, you're, you're being, you're being sold. What am I having now? Well, I'm oh, showing you, it, it says NCSC on, on the cans. Yep. I see. I see. But, um, no, NCSC, not IC, IC. NC. There's a difference. NC, what did I say? So it's like Dr- Carolina, Carolina Brewery Panthers. Oh, Carolina right. Brewery Panthers. That's right. Yeah. Right? Okay. NCSC. That's right. That's yeah. Right. No, but what I, I guess because you guys were being sold once the rules change at the stadium, you, you're being sold at uh, Keenan, right? We are, and okay. we're, we're hoping to be there again. I think Modelo just came in and cut a really big deal with UNC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. really big. Yeah, really big. Really yeah, big. that and I th- Modelo I th- and Coors Light. I was yeah. going to say, and that Dean, Dean Smith would not be happy with how that all plays out because I'm pretty sure it, are they selling it at the Smith Center now? No, they're not. They've held off last year, but. Um, Okay, because my understanding is that they're about I, to. I think they the pressure's are, coming. Yeah. No, I think Coors Light is actually a part of the deal. Was they're actually going to start. So there, there's a hospital. Anyway. There's a third party group called Revel XP Hospitality that does tailgating all throughout the country, NC yeah. State. Yep. So they have the rights to UNC now. So around the bell tower, they're setting up tents and selling different uh, alcohol, like a catered event, not like a yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they did it in front of the Dean Dome for the key marquee games end of last season. Mm-hmm kind of testing the waters okay you know and what i hear from unc athletics is they're worried about operations in the dean well i, I don't think it's operations no. <laughs> you can no. figure that out no. <laughs> i think we understand what's going on yeah. this, is this group the is this sutton's group the guy from wake Forest, the old wake forest guy or is this another group anyway um, i know that tailgating group that you're talking about yep. it's a very lucrative business because tailgates have become more than just a literal tailgate they're full-on parties now so i can totally see where that's coming from all right let's talk about not? let's talk about beer um uh, first thing you poured 
was the, the Sky Kulsh. Blue Kolsch. That's our number one brand. Right. And that is, uh, we've had that for over 20 years at the mm-hmm. brewery. Won mm-hmm. a Great American Beer Festival Award. Won a bunch of other local awards. People know it throughout the Carolinas. It's crisp, clean, true to style Kolsch. And uh, that's the one I always had. So it still gets it done. It's still delicious. And it looks good in that can. Now, what else did we did you just pour something? I just else, poured though? the lager. Costero Mexican Lager. This is a pretty new okay. brand. This uh, won a it's gold. Tasty. Uh-huh. Gold medal, Gary Mer- uh, the Carolina Championships of Beer last spring. And um, crisp, clean, again, filtered beer, uh, right on brand for us. Outdoor, active lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, beach, lake, mountains. Um, and, so I, and, I, and I didn't need a lime either. Did so you, that's good. Did you taste it or was that just more? I didn't pour it for you. Oh, wait. Then I must have had no. the more yeah. of the Kolsch then. Give me the yeah. other stuff then. All right. I'm pouring it for you. All right, so thank you. When did you come up with this? Because I noticed the first one you said when somebody would ask for something light, you had Franklin Street Lager. And that was you know, that was 28 years ago. I, so we, what happened to Franklin Street Lager? Was that not so appealing in, in certain areas like Greenville, like South Carolina? Yeah, we never really distributed it. So that was early <laughs> early day brew pub and um, kind of morphed into Sky Blue. And that was a summer beer. So Sky Blue okay. Summer Brew was a seasonal 25 years ago in Chapel, and then we kind of moved it down the line and gold nail, and then we made it a true Kolsch and everything else. Um, I will tell you where you know kind of where we are now too, which you know we've got these mainstay beers we're trying now. They're available in Harris Teeters and Lowe's and Food Lion and Walmart's all throughout North and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, but uh, last summer I pulled out the original brewery in Chapel Hill, ten barrel system, yeah. and put in a pilot system. So now we've got a one-barrel system in Chapel Hill to let the brewers go freaking hog wild. Okay. So you'll see big production and innovation in Pittsburgh, canning line, and massive production in seven days a week. I was going to ask you who's doing the canning. You're doing it yourself. We're doing it ourselves. And uh, I'd be happy to dive into what we've done in Pittsburgh here in a little bit, too. But Chapel Hill, I encourage you to come back and check it out. I mean, it's a one-barrel system behind the bar. So you got brewers, the tangibility of brewing again. But you got some... so. Instead of these are clean and crisp beers, and we got some crazy innovation beers too, so we can kind of play off of both. What kind of thing? What kind of things are you? What, what are the brewers? Just some examples of what the brewers are experimenting with. Uh, today we're brewing a hazy IPA with some New Zealand hops. Okay. We found our brewer was able to get um, a lot of hoppy kind of uh, beers right now. Um, Sounds we, about right. We did a Hellas Lager earlier this summer. Hey. Yeah. So, I would. I mean, I understand the innovation stuff, but what is, what's the goal? Is that to give the folks that come in just something different? Or is that to see, hey, this one's uber popular. Maybe we do a canning run of it eventually. So, so it's both. So I couldn't brew funky beers in small batches in Pittsburgh. It's a big system. So we were missing out on some of that. And when we brew it, we'd have it for weeks on end. It's kind of like, well, God, you know, is that it? When Wait, I, what is, what's the system size there? 15 barrel, but with 60s and 30 barrel fermenters. Okay, so you're so at least double batching. Double everything. batching and quad batching. So, um, but this gave us innovation. It gave us the tangibility of uh, having the brewers behind the bar again and the ability to do these small one-off beers and, and hit that you know, esoteric beer market. So, you know, we'll, we'll move beer from from Chapel, from Pittsburgh to Chapel Hill. The mainstays will come up, and then Chapel Hill will augment it with some crazy stuff. It's generally nine beers on tap. So before you get away from that, brewers behind the bar, how's that working out? I'm, I'm sure the conversations are much much deeper, much better. Uh, are, are, are they 
Are they bartending or are they? No, just directly behind the bar. Just having conversations. Open, just open air okay. building. Right, right. So, um, and the brewery's mostly on the left side of if you face the bar, but, you know, and then mostly during the day. We'll start early so we're not in their way too much. Right. But, but it helps the, the, the smell, the camaraderie, the engagement of the customer. Is yeah, good. I think early in the conversation you said that uh, the beer world has come somewhat full circle, and, and I want you to get in that a little bit too. And I think I know where you're going to go there. Um, because of your business model, you know, you've got food, beer, and you've got your own brew pubs and you're doing your own thing. And you know, what you have left over, you distribute. Um, but I think the beer world with 430 breweries in North Carolina, not everybody's going to make it. We've been saying that for years. When's it going to happen? Well, I think we're starting to see it happen now. Um, and if you go back and listen to this podcast five, six, seven years ago, I was saying then, and we all talked about it, brew pub model, brew your beer, sell it in your place, take care of your back, you know, your backyard, and you'll be fine. So dig into that a little bit. So uh, 100%. And, uh, you know, I gave a speech about the, at the National Craft Brewers Conference about this about seven years ago. I think the brew pubs come back. You know, brew pubs fell off, you know, and everybody went micro. And that I don't think the micro model is going to win in the long term. I mean, look at Anchor brewing yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think there's some rumblings of a few in North Carolina that have gone down recently, and I know there's more coming. I hate it. But people that built these models for mega distribution, you know, go buy this 15,000-foot warehouse and, dis- and do, can do, I can do 15,000 barrels in a, in a year. Where are you going to put it? Yeah. You know, Harris Teeter's shelf space is, you know, finite space. It's 100 feet long. And you've got seltzer on seltzer on seltzer on mega brand pushing everything else, else it can. We're pushing off RTDs in the state. RTDs are yep. probably going to come around at some point. I think it's going to hurt the North Carolina craft. So we're fighting it on the Brewers Guild, which I'm actively involved in on the board of, because we want to protect North Carolina beer. Um, so I think the tangibility of a tap room and or brew pub is critical to long-term success in this industry. So you guys, and, and you started there, um, and I... I, th- I think it's great, but we we had a little uh, wrench thrown into those plans three years ago. So how did how did the shutdown affect you? Obviously, you, had, you did a rebrand in the middle of all that. Was that planned or it was uh, accelerated during okay. COVID? So I wanted to get into what happened because sp- specifically that brew pub model leading up to twenty twenty, we we all the three of us talked about how that seems like the most stable model. Your, your neighborhood pub, right? right? It's a one-stop shop. You get great beer, you get great food. Why wouldn't you make that your place? When things were shut down, obviously that changed. How did that affect what you guys were doing and your distribution model? It was, uh, it was tough, uh, but it was, it was an opportunity. I saw, we, we kind of, once we kind of digested the governor, uh, you know, at 1055 on Monday of July of uh, St. Patrick's Day week saying uh, you're shutting down and then just got in $10,000 in U.S. foods order put away. It's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, you know, we pivoted quickly. I didn't close a single day during COVID. We finished that day and I went straight to to go only. Mm-hmm. And I brought in my sales team from the road and I talked to the brewers and who wants to stay, who wants to go. We yeah. took salary reductions. And for that week, we set up laptops in both restaurants and we fed our staff. Bring your family in get meals to go we're cleaning out the cupboard we're resetting our menu to a very simple to go menu and uh it's better for you guys to follow the unemployment those of you the few that we're going to stay can stay but we wanted to help them there was really we wanted to take care of our family so that, that was first and foremost and then on the business side you know i had all these cans was like shit what am i gonna do the distributors were freaking out um so we started selling cases of beer. Uh, we'd open up from four to eight for to go every day, and we'd sell cases of beer out the front window of Chapel Hill and burgers and, and quesadillas to go. And 
that we got it to a decent level. So I was gonna say, Sounds like a great yeah, business say, model they, for downtown carry. The, the, yeah. the, the, the quesadillas, <laughs> they've always gotten it done. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised that that so, was a part so, of and then we, and then, we, then we had time, like, hey, this isn't going away. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, we know we wanted to rebrand and refresh what we're doing wholesale to come out stronger. We know we just invested more in quality control stuff in Pittsburgh. We, and then and recently, we've put in a, a RO water system. Put in dissolved oxygen. Uh, Which RO, you mean reverse osmosis, yes. right? So, the, you know, the Pittsburgh water doesn't always have the best reputation. So we took that off the table. So okay. we put that in. So we kept investing and kept tinkering and wanted to get, used COVID as kind of a reset for the industry to come out of it stronger. So we engaged the rebrand and uh, looked ourselves in the mirror and said, when it, when it pops, we're going to have to take a chance and really try to push through this. So how has it been since then? How has the rebrand been received uh, and and what have what have you seen really really grow and what have you seen that maybe surprised you uh, i'm very happy that our business has been very strong since the rebrand i think you know uh energy likes energy and momentum is precious so uh, coming out of the rebrand strong I, I actually bought into cans during with the can shortage i bought two million cans of the new rebrand and put it at a warehouse in sanford and they said, you know what? If we're in, we're in. We got a chance to buy cans. Let's buy cans because what was happening in the distribution world is shelf space. All of a sudden, yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't want red hair from Atlanta couldn't just couldn't fill the shelves up here in North Carolina. Well, I want it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we 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 did that. Yeah. So uh, it, the rebrand's been extremely strong, and then winning some awards along the way helps validate that. Um, I, th- I would I would just to piggyback on to that. Sorry to interrupt, but you won awards at a pretty vital time, especially with a brand that's been around since 95, that people have kind of, in with, with the exponential growth of North Carolina breweries, mm-hmm. people have maybe taken their eye, eye away from. Yeah, I think that's, you're hitting on what happened. We, we became a sleeping dog. Yeah. We, we were pioneers, and pioneers get arrows in the back. And what happened is everybody else came along and made cooler stuff, and uh, hipper stuff and different art, and we kind of became a little bit lethargic in the beer world, I think. So the restaurant side, we always had per- to... Per- per- perceived that way. Perceived that I'm way. I'm sure you weren't lazy the whole time. No, we weren't lazy. But we were perceived as, you know, and, and the, we'll talk about the brand lineup too. So we just rolled back a longtime brand of ours that people went freaking nuts about because we killed Copperline, Amber Ale, and the cans. You know, so you killed Copperline Amber Ale, and didn't you win a GABF medal back in like I want to say 2018 or, or something? For Copperline, yes, yeah. we did. I believe I was at GABF when it was announced, yeah, and that was a big deal. I was sitting with the Linwood guys, and I was like, "And Man, you killed them? I'd forgotten about yeah. these guys." So we killed, and we killed that can in these grocery resets. So why did we do that? One, Copperline's not gone; it's still on tap at the pubs every day, and it's still in distribution from the Triangle to the Outer Banks, where everybody knows it and people love it. And if we took it off tap, they'd kill us. So it's still here. It's not in cans. Why is it not in cans? It was on a negative 13% trend in the grocery stores. So what happens with the grocery resets? And grocery doesn't look at one skew. They look at your, your brand total. So, right? yeah. So I had um, three skews, uh, two going to three in Harris Teeter, and it was on a negative trend. We're coming up for resets. And, uh, you know, talking to Harris Teeter, and, and they're great people. And he's like, you either you got to kill it or replace it. I'm telling you, it's going to go, and somebody else will get that space, and it would be next to impossible to get it back. I said, well, the writing's on the wall. Copperline's a great brand. We like it. It's validated. It works here, but it doesn't work far and wide. So um, we flipped it and we ended instant. Sorry, but fat. look at Fat Tire. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, you know, when people. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's your quintessential amber. And what yeah. is it now? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. What, what is it now? It's a golden ale. Okay. Well, it, some of our sales team um, who will probably hear this podcast, too, and, and there are people who are mad at me. And they, what are you doing? Heck? You know what? We were right. Fat Tire, it was a bit of a tired brand. The industry has evolved. So we introduced the Costero Mexican Lager and the Fin Chaser Pale Ale. And we can dive into why we did a pale ale, not an IPA, if you want. But uh, clean, crisp beers. And... Um, we, re- we replaced it, and these two brands are red hot. I looked at the data yesterday. Are red hot in the grocery stores. Okay. Uh, because I think, to the earlier point, beer's coming back to beer. I think it's beer coming. tasting for- beer. Thank So Thank your you. brew staff, um, when you first started this business, I'm taking it you were not a brewer. Never been a brewer. Your brew staff that's with you now, I mean, what's the staff like in your head brewer? I mean, do you, have you got longevity there? Because I know that tends to have some turnover in the industry, but... What's your, what's your staff look like? So um, we had an English guy, John Conley, who started with us in Chapel Hill, and he um, kind of retired about six, eight years ago. And Nate Williams, uh, Siebel graduate, has been with us 16 years. And, uh, you know, he's a great guy. He's passionate about beer. And, uh, yeah, he's he's been with us for a long time, knows everything inside and out, been through all the canning. The Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh will be 16 years old at, next month. So Nate's been there. So he started right when we started Pittsburgh. So he's been there for the whole production and the expansions and everything else. So it's really cool. So you started this basically right out of college. I did. Is this your only real career you've ever had? This is all I've done. I mean, I've worked in grocery stores and waited tables and delivered newspaper. I mean, but I've what done. What you do? I mean, because you speak with such passion about what you've got here. And again, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. And for whatever reason, the stars didn't align for us to have you on previously, but I've enjoyed just listening to you talk. Thanks. I like the business side of things and you're talking about all the other things, but the business is included. It's it's why we get one star reviews. It's not because they think Joe talks about business. Because Joe tells people how to run their business. No, no. Wayne, Wayne's the one who tells people. This is is a guy. I don't think I could tell anything about how to run his business. (laughs) I mean, it's, I'd like to come hang out with you and yeah, watch come you run your business. You come visit. Yeah. We're, you know, we got, we do, we were doing some, so coming out of COVID, back to COVID, we're coming out, what are we doing now? Well, we're doing fun events again. So yeah. what we lost during COVID was the tangibility of uh, the beer experience. Yeah. And uh, I think we're getting, I was on phone calls this morning about we're redoing all our beer training right now. Why? Because we kind of put it on a shelf during COVID and didn't go back to it. What do you mean by beer training? Is that for your staff? Server staff okay. yeah, training. Which you know, I think is vital, especially at a brew pub. Yeah. You've got to have it. Everybody says You're they have it. From the, sport, from the source, I want experts to be able to tell me all about that beer. I want your experience when you walk in the front door to be exceptional, not decent. And how do I motivate a 19-year-old per- person who doesn't drink beer, right. who can't drink beer, to tell, give you a good experience? So we're, we're knee-deep into that right now. Was, we were meeting into it at 7 o'clock last night. It was on calls this morning. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to start you know, doing videos for our staff. Our brewmaster is going to get on video with me telling the company's story and him telling about beer and keeping it simple. Then we're going to have level two. Bartender's got to go through level two. Server, everybody's got to do level one. Then there's level two. And if you want to go to level three, that means you're working the brewery and you get, we'll give you something for doing that. So if you're really passionate and want to grow with us, um, yeah, I tell people all the time, like, you can make a career with us. I've got, I got my general manager in Pittsburgh has been with me 21 years. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Um, she started as a server bartender in Chapel Hill. Nice. Say something That's about what awesome. you're doing when you have people that have been there that long. I think we're, we're not we're, very common. In the we're a family, you know, and That's really cool. And I think taking care of our, our team during COVID uh, got us a lot of respect. Well, and that's the kind of stuff that people need to know because it, it makes what you're pouring into that glass right now 
taste that much better. Honestly, right. it makes it mean it, it's more meaningful that that you guys look out for your people, and it's not a not just about the bottom line and what's next. No, and we do a lot in our community too. I mentioned the Coastal Federation. You know, that's our charity of choice. Outer Banks Forever is uh, um, another group that I'm on the board of, and we're, we're enhancing the, the national park experience on the Outer Banks at uh, Cape Hatteras. Uh, National Seashore and Fort Raleigh and Wright Brothers and you'll see we're putting in bike paths we're putting in showers we're, so we, we, we like to get we're passionate about what we do and, and, they, and I That's think awesome. the, um, do a lot in, in the local schools and, and everything else. It's, it's part of what we do it's part of why we do it you know we do it for a purpose yeah. so it's all great. these canned beers look fantastic but I want to talk about this the beer you have here in the glass so this, this looks is, like barbecue sauce <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait we got a minute. like two more beers to oh, go through. Well, really? As Adam and I were men- mentioning about the... I want to talk about the pale ale. The, okay, I was going to say, the Fin the Chaser, I think Adam made an aside to me that I completely agreed with. They're like, oh, this is what a pale ale should taste like. It's clear as well. Isn't that nice? Yep. It's clear. It's got some hops. It tastes like beer. Yeah. This is great. It's, it's I love great. This. It's not trying to be something it's not. 5.6%, 36 IBU. It's got some traditional cascade in there. Um... <laughs> But it's drinkable. Yeah. Super drinkable. Yeah. It's drinkable. It's really good. I mean, if, you know, you're going to put this in your cooler in the summer. This mm-hmm. is going to work. But you're going to have a double IPA, maybe in the wintertime inside and a snifter glass, but not... When you are where you need to be. Yes. <laughs> That's Adam's beach, beach beer, double IPA. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is... But dude sweats like this, a pig anyway. This would be... Pigs don't sweat. This would be my beach a beach beer. Oh, all, all three of these so far. So that, And that's why we made it. We wanted to, Everybody's... The IPA world was crowded. So I killed another brand, American IPA. We had flagship IPA, gold medal, Great American Beer Festival is back in the day. flagship gone? It's gone. That was your English IPA. Yes. Yeah. I rem- that was one of that was probably my first Carolina brewery, so, and people beer loved it. I ever had, but it, it over time everything went away from the English IPS. The whole right. world went away, and that, it we, went west coast, and then it went crazy. We won so. a medal in nineteen ninety eight for gold or whatever it was. Wow! And I mean, that was I remember. I remember the can iteration. wasn't Was it a tan can? It had, the it ship had like on a pirate it? ship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it alluded oh, wow. to the uh, story Jeez. of IPA, but. Uh, we, oh, Joe loves that story. Yeah, love the story of IPA. Yeah, <laughs> I just love I just love how it works in multiple ways. You have flagship, which you know you have the ship itself, and the story of the IPAs, and yeah. of course the University of North Carolina refers to itself as the flagship university. Yeah, a lot of the alliterations there. Wow, a lot of it's deep. Yeah. Wow. Well, no, I only know deep that because stuff. I got I got no. The only reason why I know that is because I got I just like the beer. I got interim. I got the interim head coach uh, Everett Withers in trouble once. He did an interview and he just decided to go off on talking about how they were the flagship university and this apparently upset Tom yep. O'Brien and then, you, you know, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. I never got my game ball for that, but that's another story altogether. <laughs> I'll save that story for another day. All right. It's waiting so, for you in the locker room. Uh, well, I couldn't even get, I, I decided to trade out the, the game ball from Tom O'Brien if he actually appeared on a podcast, but he refused to do that too because he got sick and tired of talking about Russell Wilson. But again, I digress. <laughs> uh, all right, you just poured. Flagship. The, I mean, excuse me. It's Finn Chaser Paleo. Okay, I had that. Yeah, you had that, was, that. that was really good. That's a Freudian yeah, slip there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the citrus sweet. Now, again, I find it interesting. Before we get to the barbecue sauces, because I know that's what Did he, Wayne... I know, but he hasn't poured us the, the dogwood yet. Not that's yet. the new yeah. one we need to talk we'll, about. We, we will get to that. The stuff that's in cans, the stuff, stuff that you've brought us, the stuff that's your core, I guess. I don't see... There's nothing hazy. There's nothing crazy hazy. There's no... Yep. Is that... You said which you like is beer and beer. Which is interesting because that's what I keep being told is what people want. Well, we just... So we do... We have the three core beers, Sky Blue... Costero, Fin Chaser, Grocery, Push, all yes. the time, everywhere. Yes. 
We do a rotating seasonal, and we just finished Paddle Days Hazy IPA, which is extremely successful. Okay, Joe. So now we're in our summer, and, and it was so successful, I might bring back the Paddle Days in the fall again. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yep. It's, the July, it's July 13th as if this recording. That should be a pumpkin beer. <laughs> we are balls deep into pumpkin we are season. Deep into pumpkin season. Come on, where's yeah. my pumpkin beer? No, I'm kidding. I'm glad you actually Oktoberfest or pumpkin beer, or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're actually making we summer have, beers in the middle yeah. of the summer still. We have hazies. Uh, I don't think we hate hazies as much as we hate pumpkin beers. Do we? In July. In July. In July. Uh, that, that, there's an important distinction. You don't there. do a pumpkin beer. We don't. We don't. <laughs> yeah. About the good work. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Doing yeah. the Lord's Godspeed, work, man. I mean, Godspeed. you know, our our, our, our kind of brand is. Clean, crisp, yes. true to style, easy drinking beers for the Carolinas, and uh, we 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 vary off of that with some innovation in Chapel Hill and a rotating seasonal. Um, but that's not our stick. There's a lot of good breweries in North Carolina, good friends of mine who are known for their crazy hazy beers okay. and everything. And I like those guys, but I'm gonna let them own that base. Sure. I'm gonna work on the other bases. But it is stuff that you'll experiment with. Oh yeah, in Chapel Hill. We we yes. Okay. And we're constantly, ta- as a brew team, we're constantly pulling beers from other breweries and uh, tasting, doing t- panels and seeing what everybody else is doing. Ooh, that orange wheat's good. That's good. I like that. This Ar- is- orange zest, a little bit of coriander. in there. It's got a little spice to it. Yeah, there's a little bit of spice to it, but it doesn't overpower you. Uh, usually when you say coriander or something like that, it's going to, people feel like that's that all you're going to taste, but that's not it. I get a lot of the orange zest and I'm just thinking pool. It is, uh, it is wit-like, but it's mm-hmm. not a wit. Correct. Right, you're not yes. using a Belgian yeast in yep, this. Correct. Okay, orange and coriander, but American yep. ale yeast. Yep, it's delicious. It's very clean. This this beer, ice cold on the beach. I can attest to it from uh, oh, vacation two weeks ago. Pretty delicious. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wayne's been yeah, salivating absolutely. over the barbecue sauce. Yeah, I've been excited. Yeah, because I just sauce, moved too. my uh, I moved my smoker from my old house yesterday to the new house. I'm ready to fire it up and smoke oh, yes, something. Yes, I, I I heard that Chateau Holt is finally uh, functioning. No, it's called Wayne Manor. Shay. <laughs> Shay Wayne. The Death Star. Uh, <laughs> Playboy Man. The neighbor's name to the Playboy Mansion. I mean, it's been Jessica doesn't like any of those names. No. no, no, no absolutely not. Um, now, I know that you're doing the whole Carolina thing, North Carolina and South Carolina. But you didn't used to mess with the, the mustard barbecue back in the day, did you? No, this is pretty new. So... Okay. Um, People have strong opinions about the the, the mustard. <laughs> oh, they do. Uh, okay, I, they do. Uh, so we're, we're very passionate about the food we make at the brew pubs. Yeah, I told you. Like we're pa- when we did this, we were going to be passionate about both beer and food. Were both mm-hmm. equally important. It wasn't a brew pub with really good beer and, and freezer to fryer food. Right, and it wasn't the other way either. So we are a scratch made kitchen, and even coming out of COVID, where you could cut labor dollars and do everything else, everything we make is scratch salsa. Potato chips. I mean, you name it; it's all scratch. So we're very passionate about our food, and people loved our food so much. And the we serve barbecue in the brew pubs. Yeah, and people loved our barbecue so much that um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, I started right before COVID, and during during COVID, I had the time to actually get across the finish line. Is we uh, went out and made a uh, barbecue sauce. We've got an East North Carolina vinegar base, traditional. Got a South Carolina yeah, the gold. real stuff. Yeah, <laughs> got a dry rub too. I'm leaving all these with you too. Okay. Yeah, more. I was gonna say Wayne. I think he's claimed them. Dry, so. dry rub, yeah. and we got a sriracha steak sauce, which is oh. all, the, all these are used on our menu in the pubs. Nice. And uh, I followed the, kind of the distribution model of beer. I've got these in over 300 stores in North and South Carolina now. You know, tr- you know, a lot of the grocery stores and wherever we can marry the two for samplings or events. Yeah, we do. Okay. What 
if you don't mind my asking, what is the price point on your barbecue sauces? Like, where is it in line? Like, what other brands would it line up with? It's a six ninety nine front line, so it's lined up with um, Kakalaki, and we've got a Lowe's grocery. Okay. Uh, you'll see the, the so most of these stores now have a local section, so yeah, we're not yeah, in yeah. The, the the Heinz aisle. We're in yeah. the the end cap local section, which is a better section to be in anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we keep the price reasonable, and uh, I want so, some of that dry rub. I was going to say I was thinking probably seven ninety nine for this bottle based on bottles that I buy. So six ninety nine is not bad at all. I, I, my goal, I mean, I think over time we'll raise prices. We're looking to, to gain interest in um, distribution, sure. so I'm keeping the price down a little bit. Makes sense. Um, so what do you put this on in the restaurant, the uh, Carolina Gold barbecue sauce? I like it on wings a lot. Yeah, I was about to say, it's got to be I, on chicken. I like it on a burger as well. Really? We, mm. we also have a sriracha steak sauce, which I didn't bring, but I'll get you guys some. Which I just put ketchup on my uh, steak. It's fine. High in 57. <laughs> but that's, move. you know, as, as a gold sauce, it's got a thicker viscosity, traditional, so it that tends up to do a little bit better with the wings. Yeah, okay. I mean, I grew up, I'm, I'm, I'm from North Carolina. My family's roots, both sides go back up. 110, 120 years in Holly Springs, et cetera, et cetera. So I grew up on a tobacco pig and cattle farm. So we, we cooked a lot of pork. Right. And it was always Eastern style. But I have a respect for all styles. And the mustard is probably the more controversial than even the, you know, the Western North Carolina sauce. But man, I do love a good mustard sauce. It's good. Well, I'm looking forward to trying Take that. it home with you. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, that's our brand. We're passionate about beer and food and the, and the marriage of the two. I mean, we want to be at your backyard barbecue. We want to be in your cooler. We want to be a place you come to to get a great experience with beer and food. Yeah. So, Well, and just if, I, if you don't mind, going back to the branding, which is great, the, the new rebrand, but the sauces and the rubs all match the, the branding on the can, too. Right. So it is. It is distinct. It is clean. It is attractive, and you'll you'll be the star of the well. show at your Third backyard. Everything goes well. Cookout. We'll report back next week on. Um, so, what do you think? I want the, the, oh, yeah, I want to know what's in that dry rub. The dry rub on the wings, uh, and then dip them in the sauce. Yes. Yeah, and air fryer. So, air fryer is really good for that too. So I like to smoke mine and then, and then crisp them up. So they the air fryer that. for the crisp. And I also like the uh, rub. I like it on bacon in the morning. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you yeah. got brown sugar in this. Don't rub threaten me with a good time. I think so. Yeah, brown sugar yep. and paprika and yeah. So uh, we're also doing. I want to talk a little bit about because so coming out of COVID, what are we doing new and different? Rebrand sauces, rubs, new beers, just swapping out old beers. Uh, but we're doing events again. So. Uh, this Saturday in Pittsburgh, we're doing a barbecue and brews event. You guys are invited. It's um, 12 to 8. we got live music on the beer garden, but we're putting the grill outside, and we're cooking ribs, and we're cooking barbecue, and uh, we're, put the, we're putting the sauces on all the tables so nice. people can try it. Next Saturday in Chapel Hill, we're doing a shrimp and uh, uh, crab boil yeah, front, and music up front there. And then really... August 5th is a really big blowout we're doing in Pittsburgh, 16th anniversary, and that's a shrimp and crab boil, but we've got two really good bands playing that afternoon, Durham Ukulele Orchestra from 2 to 4.30, okay. and then Big Fat Gap from 5.30 to 8. Nice. Nice. And then we're giving away uh, logo pint glasses with the 16th anniversary logo for the first 400 people that come there. Mm -hmm. And we're making a funky, cool anniversary hazy IPA with New Zealand oh, hops. There we go. So now we're just, talking. just let me lie down under now the tap. We're you know? talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> Love it. I'll be drinking Love the it. pale ale. Thanks. There you go. Actually, the citrus wheat, and I am not a. A wheat beer guy. Yeah, I moved on from wheat beers a long time ago. You know, Sometimes it's just good to have one of these crushable little. Yeah citrusy not a fruited beer although what you actually but you used to do 
Yeah, we did. What, okay. Raspberry Kolsch. We that's took Sky Blue and put Raspberry into it. Okay, I'm trying. I remember. And you we've done a, a collaboration with Chapel Hill Toffee. The last couple of years, we've done a Chapel Hill Toffee Stout in February, okay. and we're probably going to bring that back too. Nice. That's been a good one. Do um, you still do the porter? Yes, and porter's great. What I remember about that porter, um, it always paired really, really well with your Reuben. Yeah. Um, but I remember that porter was so distinct. Um, and this was years ago. I remember having it, and I couldn't believe there wasn't coffee in it. Yep. Um, and it, some porters get overly roasty. This wasn't overly roasty, but it had just enough of those notes where I was. I remember I swore up and down it was a coffee porter, and they're like, no, it's, yep. it's just the grains. It's a really, really well, nice Well, thanks. The, the porter's been a long stay for us. And in fact, we, we have it on pretty much year-round now. Okay. It's, it's here right now in the summer. So if you come in the brew pubs, that's our dark well, beer. Because it's not, it's still what, like five, six or something? It's, it's not, like, right, yeah, five, I think it's right at six. Okay. Uh, but it's, you know, one of GABF metal too. I mean, it's validated beer, beer, and we haven't changed the recipe, and uh, yep. it's great. If you like dark beers, it's not going to crush you. No. Um, it's yeah. good. No, uh, back to that dry rub for a that second. That dry rub's killer. <laughs> we just uh, popped it open and I poured way too much in my hand and uh, decided to just lick my palm until I had it all. Um, it's got a little spice in there. Yeah, there's some paprika, some cayenne in yeah. there. Um, it's good. You'll see that even with the uh, North Carolina vinegar base. It's, you know, red chili pepper flakes. It's meant to be... It's got some zing to it. Got a little zing. I like it. We're going to yep. divvy this uh, up. Wayne's, Wayne's not getting a whole bottle. Yeah, right. yeah. Watch, watch Wayne get all that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get you guys more of all these. I should have brought more. That's outstanding. I, I, look, we, we all love food just as much, if not more, than we love love beer. But So coming out of COVID, we'll, and we'll close on this uh, as we're getting close to the football season. Um, has it all changed, a uh, game day experience? Were people more thirsty to like come back and get into the normal type of thing? Did was there any sort of bump that you got on football Saturdays? For yes, games? you know, with the Tar Heel football team is you know, bless their soul. Is we always drink the Kool Aid every year, and we get, oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> but, I mean but the thing is, I mean, regardless of the success of the team, a game day experience in Chapel Hill is fun. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, so yes, coming out of COVID, there was pent up demand, and it was it didn't make it didn't matter who the hell we were playing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. we're gonna. I Everybody's haven't seen my friends in three years. No, it's it's, it's right. again. I, when I say, I mean, it is unique in that. Yeah, if you get to Franklin Street early enough, you can find a parking spot, uh, hang out, and yeah. walk to well, Keenan. Well, now I walk. I tell you, well, we we've done this for. 10 years now is yeah. I got a sky blue express. I bought a school bus and branded it. So, and I worked it out with UNC where we drop you off in front of the uh, Keenan stadium, the bell tower yeah. or the basketball game. So yeah. a cold February night when you're oh, playing, that's at, playing NC state at nine o'clock Wednesday, February the 15th, yeah, yeah, you don't want to yeah, yeah. walk to the freaking Smith center. That's key. Come have a couple beers, some dinner and we'll drop, okay. drop, drop you off up front. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know if no. there was like a, if that, it's, if that sustained itself, you know, coming out of the pent up demand. Just kind of yeah. There was, I think there was a lot of pent up demand to come back, but, but, but now, now the that elastic UNC, mm-hmm. you need to make the experience good over at the stadium. So having beers a good. St- yes. Otherwise, I can go watch it. I can stay here at the brew pub. Why, why do I need to go to the stadium if I? Yeah, if, but then again, I don't want to stand in line for thirty minutes to get merits. You right. know, to get a BLT. That's the that's the problem. So, I mean, I, look, there. This is true of any stadium here in the yep. Triangle, whether it's Carter Finley Stadium, Wallace Wade, or Keenan. In that, they're still based on the bones of a time in which. That infrastructure was not there for modern amenities. Right. So to your point, yeah, you can get beer there, and I can get some food there, but you're going to miss some game action if you're if you're trying to get a beer now. Hundred percent. That's why I think these, <laughs> these hospitality Revel XP, the okay. outside stuff is good. I think you're going to see 
they're going to be forced to enhance the game day experience. Okay. You know, look what happened to all these other stadiums. If, if you don't have the hospitality to back it up, no. people aren't buying Panthers tickets. No. You can watch it at home. You know, I, I can hit pause and go to the bathroom and get another beer. They've even incorporated that for years now into the video game play when you do like these franchise mode. Oh, right, You have right. to continue to upgrade your stadiums. There's a, bit, there's a business aspect of yeah. it. I mean, that's the big debate right now with my, PNC my Arena. My kid tells me about it all the time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the PNC Arena, they're going to have to go through some upgrades here relatively soon. They've been sitting on that. Probably need to get upgrade or get an update as to where that stands because um, it's it's lagging behind. We're dealing soon as with gambling it. passes, it's coming, baby. Yeah, but even you, even we knew, we knew gambling was on the way. We've always known gambling is on the way. It's a, just a matter of the Centennial Authority just, you know, it's NC State being a pain in the ass. I'll just I'll just say it like that. Um, <laughs> a lot of entities involved there. Why do you hate NC State so much, Joe? Yeah, Joe. Uh, then you go is, there. I know it is what it is. I figured once you got like on the podcast thing, yeah. like you'd and then the Smith Center go. The Smith Center is going through it too because I know Bubba Cunningham has explored uh, ways to uh, either improve the Smith Center or move it or move it. Which little stadium off campus. Fifteen five hundred one's always been the sure. always been the ideal spot for it, but. It's still going to be difficult to get in and out, regardless of where. It was you're rumored to be North Chapel Hill too. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. So up, okay. up. But I, I heard uh, just the other day they announced uh, renovations to Carmichael, so it's trying yeah. to enhance that experience big time. Yeah, no, as uh, it, as it should because trying to keep been, up with Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> that small gym. Well, Reynolds is. I mean, their no, their upgrades that they did that Reno is just amazing. They made it a museum. We've too. been there several times for different banquets, and it's yeah. it's yeah, a phenomenal it's great. facility. Shout out to Courtney Bangart, yeah. who referred to Reynolds as a small gym, but it is. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but anyway, I, I like the spiciness. It's a great little gym. I like the spiciness. Well, thanks for coming in. Hey, this all great stuff. Been Good a pleasure, up. and uh, come yeah, visit. This has been great. So. Oh no, we will. We we need definitely to get you will. back on. We, Let's do it next I, week. Or yeah, I can talk. <laughs> I can talk beer all the time. Well, so. well, you know what? We'll grab the podcast equipment. We'll head out to Pittsburgh. It was really say? great to revisit. Yeah, this entire like brand. Sky Blue. Yeah, but everything else is an updated something, right? That that we've had, including the looks. But everything was fantastic. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of 919 Vice. Uh, shout out to Oak City Sports Cards for sponsoring 919 Vice. We're actually going to be headed out to ACC kickoff in a couple of weeks, uh, me and Jillio. Are, are you guys coming out to Charlotte with me? When is that? Uh, the 25th, 26th, and 27th. Yeah, so we have that date open here on the – we need to figure out what we're doing for the yeah, podcast. I'm in week, Charlotte. So. so if you guys want to come on out, you let me know. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The 27th, we do not have a guest Can we schedule. extend we it on in the Friday and Saturday as well? Good no, I'm coming gracious, home. gracious, this guy. I'm coming home Thursday, man. You come can. On, man. You don't need our permission yeah, to you stay. Can do whatever you want, Wayne. Look, he's going to be two weeks into like his new living situation. He's already looking for. I know. He's already, already looking for some some time man, away. Old ball and chain. He's got to get <laughs> out, man. I got so, kitchen passes. He's got kids. He's got, I, got, I, got I, I got kitchen passes falling out of so, my pocket. So we're going to grab some old uh, some old sports cards and uh, go old school deadspin. Thanks to Oak City Sports Cards. Uh, remember some dudes. I've, I've got something I can add to that. My guess is that like. uh, my guess is that every football player we pull out of a pack of football cards, Mac Brown will have known that guy mm. easily. Easily, he's coached everywhere or knows everybody. I got so my, my classics, Bo Jackson rookie. Well, card. look, we got time to uh, figure out something to do in Charlotte if you guys want. Right. I'll be out there. Thirsty Beaver, it is. Oh hell! Wow. Yes. Dude, podcast from the Thirsty Beaver? Let's freaking go. I'm all in. Let's do this. We'll see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers. Good guys, harmless habits.